0: Listener Production. Monique Conti has been messing around with a admittedly smaller size basketball since she was a toddler. And at age 16, she was faced with a choice whether to accept a college scholarship in the United States and move to the other side of the world. Lucky for the Aussie sports loving public, she decided to stay at home. Because now we get to watch Mon Conti on court playing for the Melbourne Boomers as well as on the footy field for Richmond in the AFLW. The 23-year-old is a four-time All-Australian, was best on ground in the 2018 AFLW Grand Final, and leading into the 2023 season, Sarah Black named Monconti as number 1 on her annual list of top 30 players in the league. My name is Jamila Risby, and welcome to The Weekend Briefing. Up next, The Weekend List, where Helen Smith and I recommend what to watch, see, eat, do and listen to this weekend. But first, here is my conversation with Mon Conti. Hey Monique Conti, welcome to The Weekend Briefing. Thank you for having me on. And hello to your dogs. Do you have one or two dogs? There sounds
1: like two. Um, yeah, I'm sorry if you can hear them. Yeah, they're two sausage dogs and they are very protective of this house. I think there's a postman. <laughs> dangerous. Dangerous.
0: Do you need to deal with that? No, <laughs> they'll be fine. Um, well, we it's a pleasure to meet them as well as a pleasure to meet you. Um I have got so many questions for you because you are one of the most talented sports people in our country today. But I want to go right back to (laughs) the beginning, uh, which for you really wasn't that long ago. Tell me about you as a kid. Were you a kid that was like, did you always have a ball in your hand?
1: Yes, I did. My mum actually tells this story all the time. She said that... When I was little, I was in the shower because I used to shower really young. I'd be standing up in the shower and just like they'd hear this banging noise and like what is going on? And apparently yeah, there was like a little rubber, you know, those little basketballs that are like really yeah, bouncy. Yeah. I used to just bounce it against the wall over and over and over and that was what the banging was. And she said I was like one or two doing that. And oh, I was like, yeah. damn, that's impressive. Yeah, so that yeah. was with my um with the basketball and then I think I was just – born into sport like I was just a really sporty kid which I'm very grateful for um and my parents were really sporty people as well so I think it just a bit genetic I must say but I had an older brother too that was really into sports so I just followed him around and got kicking the footy early too just because that's what I used to see all the time.
0: I feel like uh you know we always talk about that sort of old adage of like how much of a a kid and how much of your personality is shaped by nature and how much of it is shaped by nurture and the way you grow up. But I feel like when it comes to athletic ability, you do have to have that baseline of what you're born with, right? But then the rest of it comes on top of it. A, A professional sporting career and aiming for that though, I suspect a lot of parents would be a bit nervous about that as a goal because they'd feel like it was quite uncertain. Were your parents right behind it?
1: Yeah, I think with me, like, having, like, being really blessed with two, I guess, athletic parents, like, for me to be starting sport at a young age, of course, they were just extremely supportive of that and they never made it all the way to the top. They never represented their country in their sports or anything like that. Obviously, back then it was a very different time, but seeing me thrive in the environment that I was in at home and also in the sporting field, Encourage them to get behind me too. And I think um, them seeing... There is a post fan, actually. <laughs> I think um, them seeing me enjoy my sport so much was um, was huge. And I think, yeah, it was more so if you want to do it, go and do it. If you don't want to do it, don't do it. And I think that's, yeah, how I was brought up. I think they've just encouraged me the whole way and sort of, yeah, they've supported me 110%, but it's sort of been me that's choosing that path.
0: I've think interviewed a few of the AFLW players before. And for some of the older players... We've ended up having a conversation about the fact that there wasn't a professional sport option available for them when they were growing up. That wasn't the vision, right, for most of them. Footy kind of stopped at around 13, 14 when they couldn't play with the boys anymore and that there was just sort of nowhere else to go. How is that changing for younger players like yourself where you've had a little bit more familiarity with the AFLW before you were at the point where you were going to play?
1: It's really crazy when a lot of girls say a very similar story to myself. Like growing up when I was with the boys, I had to stop at 14. I thought I was the only person in the whole world that had to deal with that. And then when you come into playing with women, you don't realize that happened to nearly every single one of us, which is just an incredible story on its own. For me, I was really lucky with the age I was at. I didn't need to stop playing ever. I obviously had to stop with the boys like everyone did and I just went straight to youth girls, which is 18 and under. Yeah, cool. It was very different then with seven girls at most rocking up to training sessions. But, like, obviously that age you had to play youth girls before you could play any other level. So you know, scraping through getting 18 girls to a game. Sometimes we had to forfeit games. Sometimes we played with some other girls on our team and we had to share plays as well. Like it, yeah. we had to scrape through matches. And now I'm going to a local club to do an appearance and there's like four under 12 girls teams or there's like six under 18 teams. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's grown so much. And I think to even see where the AFL women's is at now, like, we're at, what, 540 girls in the whole league. Like, who would have even thought we would be playing professional and now we've got that many girls playing professional sport? But, yeah, like I said earlier, I think um, growing up, I was at that really lucky age where I could just keep going through and then as soon as I hit 17 there was the AFLW competition kick-starting. So um, I was just really fortunate to be in that position and credit to those girls, the Trailblazers that started that out and had to stop for a little while but, yeah, sucked their guns and put their hand up to play AFL women's even though they hadn't um, played for a while. So, it was, yeah, very grateful for those girls and I think the age I'm at, I'm very lucky to be able to just keep playing through but to see um, – the amount of young girls playing sport at the moment is, is is crazy. I think it was like 13% of girls, more girls playing sport um, this year than in 2022, which is really impressive that because that cool. shows that our game is still growing and it's um, getting stronger every year. So it's yeah. very cool. Yeah,
0: there is something special about... Um you know, I live in Melbourne and I've been just even watching the last five years or so. It, more often when you go for a walk, you see a bunch of girls kicking a footy down at the Oval and that is feels really normal now. But in the first year or two, I, it felt really distinct. Like I kept being like, hey, there's way more chicks out playing. That is, that is new. That was not something that felt like it was the norm around Melbourne before then.
1: Oh, absolutely not. And just girls growing up, like young girls now growing up, and they just... They don't know any different other than women play AFL. Like they don't know that we couldn't do that a few years ago. So it's a really special feeling being, I guess, a role model for those young girls too.
0: And I suppose we've seen um, this year with the the Matildas as well that professionalisation of a sport takes time, right? And you can see when you've had 20 years or so of a team playing at the absolute height of their game and fighting for that like, level of professionalisation but also endorsement and investment and respect where you get to. Like, we're only going to see the AFLW grow and grow and um, you're such a baby. You're going to get to grow with it.
1: <laughs> oh, I'm not a baby. I'm a veteran. No. Um, I think, yeah, it's like, with the Matildas doing what they did and the success that they had is just absolutely incredible for women's sport and I really hope that... You know, there's young girls sitting on the couch watching them play, like getting inspired by that and being like, I want to play sport now. Like I really yeah. hope. I'm, I'm really sure that's made an effect on those type of girls and I think it's all, like also grown an interest on women's sport just to the general public. I know for a fact there was conversations being had around me, not about, you know, these women soccer players doing this. It was just purely, oh, these soccer players yeah. or the, like this player and this player, just conversations about that. And I think that's incredible. It's not... Um, being it wasn't being talked down upon or anything like that and I think that's going to make a ripple effect into our AFL women's competition too.
0: You are so right. There was one night, and one of the it was it was after the rounds, but it was when one, I remember watching one of the games, and my dad and all his mates were over, and these are all these blokes in their fifties and sixties, right, and they like jumped off the couch and were roaring
2: uh, <laughs> at goals,
0: and I was just like, this just this would not have happened when I was a kid. We would not have sat down to watch women playing sport and seen these blokes so invested. It was very cool. I want to pause on the football bit for a moment and talk about yeah. your basketball though, because. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it, like it stuns me to think that someone couldn't be playing two professional sports at the same time. But did you have that pressure when you were a teenager? Was there a point where someone started to say to you, like, you've, you've got to choose, you've got to start to specialise
1: in one or the other? I think I grew up my whole teenagehood and early 20s just hearing, you can't do that. Yeah, You You can't possibly be good at two sports. You can't play professionally in two codes and, of course, if you tell me not to do something, I'm going to want to do it more. And you can ask my mum. I'm, I'm like that in every aspect of my life. So I think that just added fuel to the fire. Like yeah. I couldn't understand why there wasn't people encouraging a young girl or a female to pursue two different fields and be professional in two different fields. I couldn't understand why I was being stopped or why I was being told or restricted in one sport because of the other. I couldn't understand. I couldn't fathom it. I never once couldn't juggle it. I never um, showed that my body was breaking down. I never, um, you know, didn't perform at one because of the other. Like I didn't ever show that. So I couldn't understand why I was being stopped or being told I had to pick. I just, I still this day, I don't understand it. I think we should be encouraging young athletes female or male to be playing whatever they're good at if they're good at it why should they stop I just don't understand so obviously I did both my whole life I never stopped one I never stopped the other like I did both I juggled both I made sacrifices here and there with I guess my own life but also each sport but as soon as I got to I started WNBL at 16 years old so I played that for two years and the AFLW competition came in I think in my second year of my contract and I had to sit down and renegotiate that. Yeah. And that was a struggle as well. And again, people not understanding that I could do both, you know, one finished a week before the other started. Of course I could do it. It didn't even overlap. So um, I guess me just doing it and I guess shutting people up sort of created a pathway for young girls coming through. Tessa Levy did it um, a couple of seasons ago as well herself. And obviously she's um, at the other end of her career, but Um, for me being younger and doing that now and still doing that as well I think is creating that pathway for those young girls to be able to do that without people saying no you can't because they can look at me and Tess and all those other girls doing other sports saying no well they did it so I can so I guess that sort of inspired me as well like being able to open that path for those girls so yeah.
0: You have an incredible
1: determination and self-belief. Where do you think that comes from? I think probably my mum, to be honest, but I think it comes from, like, wanting to prove people wrong but also Mm -hmm. to prove myself right. Like, I don't like to be wrong, but... um, Who does? No, I guess... (laughs) Exactly. No, I think that comes from, yeah, just really wanting to show people what I can do and you know, show young girls what they can possibly do as well. I don't know what it is, but I think that's, yeah, probably part of it. Who were your role models when you were a kid? Who did you look up to? I would say my brother, like when I was younger, um, because he played basketball, he played football. I want to be exactly like him. A lot of young girls with older brothers would probably say the exact same thing. Yeah. But I think um, there's a lot of athletes that I wanted to play like that inspired me. I had a coach, Ray Tomlinson, that really believed in me as a basketball player and I think um, encouraged me to continue playing even when, you know, there's a lot of politics in the game and I wanted to quit at one point. Um, He inspired me to keep playing. I've had a lot of really good coaches along the way that have helped me with that. I can't pinpoint one person, but I think, my sister, who's younger than me, she's probably inspired me to keep going as well. So, you know, she has someone to look up to, which is pretty corny but true at the same time. I wouldn't tell her that to her face though, so. <laughs> but yeah.
0: I was doing, it's always awkward when you tell people this, I was doing a whole lot of reading about you slash stalking before before <laughs> we sat down to chat today and um, I did see coverage of Emily Bates saying that uh, she had tipped you as the MVP uh, last year and talking about what an incredible player you are in like, in, in, you know, oh. in extensive detail talking about um, how she, you're a player like no other and that you've shown such incredible form the last couple of years and that you're also such an influential player. When you look around, who it's are so the players nice. where, you, it is so lovely, <laughs> <laughs> who Thanks, are the players <laughs> where you look around and you go, yeah, I love playing
1: not just with them but also players that you love playing against? Oh, Wow. That's a really tough question because I think there's so many incredible players in this league. I think I'm going to miss a few people saying this, but um, I think players like Ellie Blackburn, I think she's a very slept on player. She's probably one of the best players in this competition and has been for a very long time, but hasn't had the individual success that she's Probably deserves, but then again, it is a big team sport, and sometimes that's not going to happen. But in my eyes, she's one of the best players um, in the game, and yeah, still is, and always has been. In my eyes. so um, she's one of them. I always think, I say this all the time, but Katie Brennan. Like, I don't think there's a better fault than Katie Brennan in the league. I don't think there ever will be. But um, she's she's an incredible captain, incredible person, and also just an amazing player. Like you just watch how she goes about her game, and how she can snap the ball on two feet so easily. You wouldn't even know. Um, Just how she carries herself, I think, um, yeah, she's an amazing player. Um, There's Ali McKenzie who I think is, when she has an injury-free season, she's definitely going to be one of the best players in the competition by far. She's really young and raw but has so much talent, so much skill, and I can't wait to see her grow as a player as well and to play alongside her. I think we complement each other really well. Um, Far out, there's so many Um, other teams, I think, Obviously I I rate Emily Bates really highly as well and I think she's shown that. Brie Davey is an incredible athlete too and I think she's shown that even just in round one, how, how good she can be and how good she is as well. So I've missed a bunch but um, there's probably – A few that come to mind.
0: I love that. Thank you so much for doing that because I think it's always it's always a bit of an ask to talk to someone to talk about their contemporary uh, their contemporaries because you always feel like you're missing someone out. Um, And uh, it's great to just hear about a couple of the girls who you love playing with and and against. I was going to ask you to look back for me for a moment back to when you were sixteen, and I, I know you got offers to go and play college basketball over in the States and made the call to stay in Australia and, and, and do uni here and go play for the Boomers. If you look back on that sort of fork in the road moment, what do you think life would look like now if you'd gone in the other direction? Um, wow, way
1: to put a tough question on me. <laughs> I remember going to Under 17 Worlds and we won gold medal against Italy. We beat USA in the semi, massive highlight Um, and I didn't even really have much thoughts on college basketball until I got the offers until I started getting, um, contacted, getting sent things in the mail. And it didn't appeal to me that, yeah, I want to go. I want to leave home for four years, leave my mum's cooking, (laughs) leave my mum's washing. I was young. (laughs) Um, and you know be away from footy, be away from what I have here. And I had that, but then I also had AFL women's being talked about because it wasn't Mm. in yet. It was being talked about and I was like, oh, do I want to miss that? And then it was like, we're starting 2017. I was like, oh, I can't leave that. And then there was also an offer to play professional women's basketball at 16 years old on a four-year contract with the university link. And I was like, this can't get better than that, can I? So I think my life would be very different. I don't think I'd be in the footy scene as much as I guess I am. I do sometimes think about the experience that I maybe missed out on, but you can't have it all, can you? You've got to make sacrifices and I did that and I have absolutely no regrets as well.
0: I feel like it's paid off for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it
1: has. Still doing both, so that's good. <laughs>
0: I feel like it's really unfair to ask you about what's next and what's the goal when you've pulled off so many body achievements at 22. But there's got to be a goal in mind, right? You don't, you, competitive people like you are not going to be sitting there going, oh, yeah, I've done pretty good. I'll just rest on my laurels for a bit. Like, what's the dream run over the next few years for you? What are you trying to achieve?
1: Um, in the wise words of Courtney Wakefield, she goes to me, she came visited after she'd um, retired, and she was like, Hey, Mon, like, you're good, but you could always get better. And I was like, yeah, I know. And I think I've always had that mindset where it's like, good is a good enough. Like, personally, I don't think I could ever be content with where I'm at. Like, it doesn't matter how good you can be or how good you are. Like, you can always be a better person, better player, better athlete, better everything, better leader. So I think next for me is to work on my leadership I, yeah, want to keep growing in that area and I've got a long, long way to go with that. I have grown already, but, yeah, a long way to go. And I really want to win a premiership in the yellow and black, so that's probably next. And WNBL, I think I'm going to have a different role this season with the Boomers and I really want to make an impact on that court. So, yeah.
0: Hey, it was so much fun getting to know you, Mon Conti. Thank you so much for being my guest on The Weekend Briefing. No worries. Thanks for having me. That's it for my conversation with Monique Conti. I'm not going to send you anywhere, folks, except to a television or your local footy field where you too can be messing around with football like this fabulous chick, but also you can be watching and supporting the AFLW and seeing Mon Conti make history in this year's season. Please stick around. The Weekend List is coming up next. (laughs)
2: Alrighty, it's now weekend list time. It's Helen here, producer of The Weekend Briefing, and I'll be pumping out some recommendations this week. So my first recommendation is, I'm Glad My Mum Died, the audiobook. Now, it was just released on Spotify It popped up in my feed maybe a week or so ago, and I have been waiting to listen to this. It is Jeanette McCurdy's memoir. So if you don't know who Jeanette is, that's fine. I didn't know what her real name was. I knew her from the Nickelodeon shows that she co-starred with alongside Irena Grande and also in iCarly. So she plays Sam Puckett. So Jeanette McCurdy, as you might've guessed, she was a child actress. She grew up on Nickelodeon and on set, pretty much. Now, her mum was the one who encouraged her into acting, and the book explores her difficult relationship with her mother, and it's pretty intense. It does dive into her struggles with eating disorders, body image, relationships in general with people, and also her career. It's such a fascinating read, or in my case, listen, and I also think the part that I really loved was just how much pressure Jeanette put on herself, even though she just didn't like acting. Like that's not a spoiler; she's very open about this. She never really liked what she was doing, but it was all this kind of play on her life and how she had to please her mum and look, it's a New York Times bestseller. It's an international bestseller. If that doesn't make you want to read it, I don't know what will, but I definitely recommend this one. Listen to it in the car when you're driving. Loved it. Now, my second recommendation is summer skincare. I'm big on skincare. We know this. I'm also big on sun safety and I'm big on a bargain. So My second rec is I have pretty sensitive skin and I break out a lot and I always go through sunscreens to try and find the best one. And I wear it every day. Like every morning I pop it on and sometimes I even reapply. Yes, I'm that kind of person. But I found my new favorite combo. First, it's the Mecca Cosmetica to save face 50 plus super screen. Got a long name, but I promise it's worth it. Now that one is a bit pricier, but it lasts forever. You only need a dollop on your finger. I cannot recommend this sunscreen enough. But now I've started pairing it with MCO Beauty Super Glow Bronzing Drops. And this is the perfect combo for like going out to the beach, going to work, doing any daily activities where you don't want to wear makeup because you don't want to put too much on. But it just gives you this sun protection, like yes, safety tick. And it gives you this beautiful glow. This is Seriously, the best combo I have found coming into summer. We all need to be careful with our skin. All right, guys, that's it for this week. Thank you so much for being with us and tuning in. It's always a pleasure. Now, also, if you want more weekend briefing, you can find us on the Listener app. You can download the Listener app in-store on the App Store and follow us there. Otherwise, you can just follow or subscribe wherever you get your podcast from. And hey, why not give us a rating and review for this fabulous interview with Jamila and Mon Conti. Now, you can also rate and review every app. It doesn't just have to be this one. So let us know. We love hearing your feedback. We'll be back in your ears bright and early Monday morning where Tom Tilly and the team will have the latest headlines straight to your headphones along with some amazing interviews. Stay safe, everyone. Listener.